What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Building Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Oshesky. I am a certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I created this podcast, Building Beauty, just because I want to help more people create a health and fitness journey that's going to be useful for them (laughs) and not something that's just kind of followed and done, you know, for 30, 60, 90 days, but really try and help people see the point of creating good behaviors and habits and stuff like that. So today's episode, I asked everybody on my Instagram, which is at Haley.Rianne, um, and then I also have one for this podcast called Building Beauty Pod. But anyways, I asked on my Instagram stories what you guys would like to um, have a topic on and I had two options and the one that won I'm going to do a podcast on the other one as well but the one that won uh, was top five movements I recommend for optimal results to anyone so I'm going to do my best to describe these movements but I really do recommend that you go and and I apologize if you hear barking in the background my dog is a little pain in the ass but I recommend that you go do a quick YouTube search of some of these movements before you uh, try them if you aren't familiar with them. Um, And then if you want a recommendation on a YouTube channel, I recommend to look at for movements. Um, I really like Mind Pump TV. So getting on to the first movement, and that movement is going to be a squatting movement. Now, everything I'm going to describe to you guys is going to be just movements, and I'm going to give you variations and some description behind it, um, because there's many different ways to execute these movements. It's not just like a lot of people think when someone tells them to squat that they need to go put a heavy barbell on their back, and that's how they squat. No, there's many different ways you can effectively do this movement and get a lot of benefits. So why do I pick the squatting movement? Well, we're always doing squatting movements in daily life. Now, why not get really good at something that you can do for many years to come? The later you start trying to do these movements, the harder it could be. But if you start early, a lot of the challenges we might have in older, in our older years um, could be avoided um, if we're practicing getting strong at movements like this and you know, some common things you're doing when it comes to squatting movements, like when you go to the bathroom, when you lower yourself down to that toilet bowl, you're having to go into a squatting position, and then you're also having to get yourself back up. So it could be also a chair, but I guess I chose toilet, (laughs) but things like that. So if you're practicing a squatting movement on a daily basis, it doesn't have to be anything strenuous. You're just practicing lowering down and getting back up. That can be hugely beneficial for multiple people and then you basically can create more resistance with that the stronger you get so you can add weight to your body while you're doing those movements and different variations to gain more strength but to just simply start with practicing that movement is going to be huge so it also helps build you know your lower body as well as teach you how to properly brace your core so some key points that I want to say is you want to practice good form first. If you're just beginning, then practicing lowering to a box or a chair with good form is a great idea. Um, you want to make sure that you're moving slow and controlled to make sure you're doing it with good form. Start with body weight and then gradually increase the load so you can, you know, make sure that you're increasing the load slowly as you can 
control it. You don't want to just pick up some heavy weight and try and do this movement before your body's ready to do it with that kind of weight because that's where you can get injured. Um, you always want to do quality over quantity. And some variations that you can look up is you can do, you know, body weight um, squat where you're just doing, you're just practicing moving with your body. Um, a Bulgarian split squat or a lunge where you're basically doing a lunging pattern, but you're doing it with one leg in front, one leg behind. Um, a goblet squat where you're holding a weight right in front of your chest, close to your body. Um, a zercher squat where you basically have the weight um, resting kind of on your, between your forearm and your bicep. Um, I'd recommend if you try that, do it with like something soft, like a, sand, a weighted sandbag or something before, if you're not very advanced, you might not, it might be too uncomfortable to do it with like a, a barbell. Um, and then, you know, a front loaded squat where you, it's kind of like a goblet squat, but instead of holding it up in front of your body, um, you're just letting it hang in front of you. Very common to do that with like um, kettlebells. Um, a suitcase squat where you're basically, you're squatting down, but the weight is only on one side. So it can really help to learn how to stabilize in your like, in your core and um, your obliques. Um, and then, you know, the traditional one that everyone sees is the barbell back squat, which is arguably the most advanced version of a squat. So you need to have a lot of things working for you besides just being able to do a squatting pattern with your lower body. You need to make sure you have the shoulder mobility and you don't have any like issues in the neck and stuff before you really try and execute that at a high level. Um, <clears throat> second movement is going to be a hip hinging movement. Now this is commonly looked at when you see deadlifts and basically a hip hinging movement is when you are stable everywhere besides your hips. Like, so you, I mean, you're still stable in your hips, but basically the, you know, in a squatting movement, you're creating flexion at the knee, but in a hip hinging movement, you're actually creating flexion at the hip joint. So what I'd, you know, if to explain why I recommend this movement, again, it's another extremely common day-to-day -day movement. If you're not able to squat down to pick things up off the floor, then you definitely should be hip hinging. So picking up laundry baskets, picking up your grocery bags, picking up your kids, etc. Learning how to do a proper hip hinge will save you so much from like back pain and just knee pain. And it's going to give you a nice booty as well as a nice hamstring. So it's also a great way to work on stabilizing the core, which protects the spine and gives you that like natural girdle. So some key points with hip hinging, you want to practice the movement with body weight first. So a good way that you can do this to practice the movement is place a bench or chair behind your knees and practice just sending the hips back to like the top of the chair. So your, your shins basically stay forward and stable, but you're, you're just sending your hips back so that your tailbone almost just touches the top of the chair or the wall, whatever you're, if you're using a bench in front of a wall. Um, and then you want to make sure that everything above the legs stays like still, like you want to pre almost envision that you're like two boards and the lower half of your body is staying upright. The, like from your shins are staying upright and then you're sending your hips back, which is going to create like a little, okay. So I guess you'd envision your three boards. So like your shins are one board staying straight up and then your 
uh, femur, like your thigh bone and your hips are going to be kind of sending back at an angle and then your upper body is going to stay still as it just gradually kind of starts leaning forward as your hips are getting sent back towards the wall. And please do not use my description as a way to <laughs> execute this movement again. Look it up on a video because even I just got confused saying that out loud. So um, it's a little hard to explain it over audio. But there's many good videos, especially on Mind Pump, giving demonstrations on how to do uh, a, a hip hinge variation, which would also be look, called probably deadlifts and stuff. So, um, so going on, we're gonna we want to make sure that you're doing all these movements. You want to make sure you're doing slow and controlled. You want to make sure that you're practicing with body weight first, and you're gradually increasing the load that you can control. And you always want quality over quantity. And some variations I can give you is you know, body weight, um, something called an RDL, which is called a Romanian deadlift, where basically you have the weight in your hands, but you're just, you're never letting it touch the ground. You're just create, you're just practicing standing up straight and then lowering to wherever you can go before your hamstrings, um, start getting, start pulling, uh, too much. So you want to go, you want to just hinge forward until you feel a good pull in those hamstrings. And then you bring the weight, you bring yourself back up by, you know, activating the hamstrings and the glutes. Um, but you don't let the weight actually touch the floor. Um, now you can do that with both legs on the floor, or you can do it with a single leg on the floor. Um, another variation is a sumo deadlift where your legs are spread a little bit farther apart and you're kind of focusing on almost like if you pretend like you had a, like a band in between your legs um, underneath your feet you're almost trying as you go to pick up the weight you're almost envisioning that you're trying to rip that um, band apart so you're basically driving your knees and feet and hips basically out while you execute getting yourself up from the movement with your glutes and your hamstrings uh, mainly glutes though um, and then traditional deadlift where your feet are a little bit closer together that movement, you do not want to envision that you're pulling the, uh, like pulling a band apart. You just want to make sure you're grounded through the floor and your knees are slightly kind of trying to drive out, but you're more so focusing on driving your feet straight down into the floor. Um, and then for the yogis out there, you'll know these moves. Um, a chair pose is a hip hinging movement as well as um, one, another one I thought of was warrior three. Um, so, and then the third movement that I recommend is a rowing movement. So why? Well, having a strong and stable back allows us to not only look good, but feel good too. So having the ability to properly strengthen and stabilize your thoracic spine, which is the technical term for your, basically your mid back, where a lot of people, especially women, um, it's like right where your bra strap is, feel a lot of pain. So if you can get that stable and strong, it can help with so many common problems we see today from like back and neck pain to random headaches, even um, some symptoms that can be caused from tension in that area can be like nausea um, and again, headaches and stuff from just that poor posture. So some key points you wanna think about with the rowing movement is you always wanna make sure your shoulders are back and down and your chin is not tucked down, like so it's not chin to chest, but you wanna make sure you're chin is tucked back over your shoulders so it's not jutting forward um, like 
over your body before pulling weight towards either your chest, which will get more upper back, like more of the lower traps, a little bit of upper traps, but you don't, yeah, so a little more upper back, and then you can go more towards like your xiphoid process, which is right below, is that little weird bone that's like right at the bottom of your chest in between your, in between your boobs, um, just right below. So if you go right there, that's a little bit more lower traps, rhomboids. And then if you go um, towards your belly button, that's all, you know, the lower back muscles kind of pulling together. So I recommend a lot of people focus more on doing stuff more towards that xiphoid process, that middle of your chest and um, towards your belly button, just because we already are doing so many things high up that we really want to work on strengthening those muscles that kind of help pull the shoulder girls back and down. Um <clears throat> If you have any neck tension at all, be sure to do a good warm-up of the neck muscles, kind of just stretching them out side to side, very slow and controlled, and doing a lot of breath work to avoid shrugging and putting unnecessary work into the upper traps and neck muscles. Um, because that's where a lot of people, when they, like, if they do, like, back movements, like a row movement, and they have already really tight neck muscles, you can almost exacerbate that issue and make it worse. So again, you want to make sure you're doing these slow and controlled because you're just trying to practice these movements and then you can always do more performance style stuff with this stuff as you get better at it. But you don't want to start hammering your body with movements like this if you don't know how to execute them properly. So you can start with light resistance bands and then gradually increase the load as, um, as you can control it. Always quality over quantity and some variations would be like a seated row or a bent over row or an inverted barbell um, like body weight row where you're basically hanging like from the barbell and pulling yourself up towards the barbell. And you can also make it an inverted weighted row where you have like maybe um, like a plate on your chest or which I wouldn't recommend people do because I could I see that being an injury. Um, but more like you could put some um, like chains like kind of around your chest or you could put um, like a, a weighted vest on. So. Now onto the fourth movement I think is crucial, and this is kind of like a twofer, which is the dead bug and bird dog, which is basically the same exact movement, except um, dead bug is on your back, and then the bird dog is when you're on all fours. And it's basically where you're, uh, when you're on a dead bug and you're on your back, your the job, and this can be very helpful for people who don't know how to really engage their core, is to put like a very light, like maybe two and a half to five pound weight just like right on their stomach and you want to try and maintain that the stillness of that weight so you don't want to let your hips pop up you don't want to let your rib cage pop up you really want to keep um, the hip bones and then the lower rib cage like almost connected while you keep your back flat to the floor and then you have your feet up in there um, bent at a 90 degree angle and then you have your arms up in there and you're basically there's many different variations you can do. You can just do one arm, like extending out while you maintain your core. You can do both arms out, both legs out, one leg out at a time, or you can do alternating leg and arm. So like left arm, right leg, and then so, you know, so you definitely want to do a check out a video on that if this isn't making sense. And then the bird dog is basically the same thing, except you're on all fours. So again, you want to make sure you're maintain, and then you can basically put the weight on like your low back at this point if you want to have like kind of that extra little, um, I can't even think of the word right now, like you want to have something to like feel that you're maintaining your spine in the right position, so like you're bracing your core properly, you would 
go on all fours, have the weight kind of at your like low to mid back. And then you want to make sure again, your lower rib cage and your hip bones are kind of, kind of connecting together. They're staying in the same, like they're almost just very flat. You're not letting your belly just like kind of flop forward and making like a U shape. And you're also not letting your back kind of curl over and making a U shape on the top. You're just keeping everything really still and flat. And then again, the variation can be extending just one arm out while you maintain that core and keep that weight steady. Um, you know, you can put one leg out or you can alternate and put one like left arm, uh, right leg out and vice versa. So again, they're both virtually the same movement, except just one's on your back, one's on all fours. You really want to focus on maintaining that straight, steady spine while the navel either pulls towards the ground during the dead bugs or navel's kind of pulling up towards the sky for the bird dogs. Uh, again, slow and controlled. And you can add some light resistance bands to the bird dog once you become more advanced. It, or when it comes to the dead bugs, you can actually add like a yoga ball in between to like statically hold with like, say if you're doing, you're extending the left arm and then the right leg, you can be statically holding um, a yoga ball with the left leg and right hand. So the opposite of whatever one you're extending. And you're basically just creating that, that force in the center of your body while you extend the other um, leg and arm. And that, whew, that kills. That's a really hard thing to do, but it's so, so good for your core. And it, oh my gosh, if you have any back pain or anything like that, like this variation can really, really help unlock and like relieve a lot of that tension that's there. Um, and it's very safe. Um, so that's what I really like about these movements is that you can do them pretty much anywhere. And there's a very, very low chance of injury. So again, you always want to do quality over quantities. So and I was just doing a shit ton of um, reps. You just, you want to make sure you're doing one rep really good and solid, take a few breaths and then do another one. And again, some variations would be just extending just one arm out, just one leg out, both arms, both legs and alternating opposite arm to leg. And finally, the fifth movement I recommend and this one can be kind of controversial because it is a movement that I would not recommend anyone do unless they have the mobility to do so. And the reason why they might not is because just our way of living right now with like being on our phones all the time, always being on computers, being hunched forward, you really want to make sure that you're assessed by a professional before you go and try and execute this movement just so you make sure that you're doing everything right and you're not exacerbating any kind of problems, but it is the overhead press. And the reason that I think uh, doing this is because being able to do this movement safely um, is something that it can be just a game changer for a lot of people that end up having to have um, surgery, like for their rotator cuff or anything like that. Like being able to safely press something over your head and then lower it down like towards you is a huge benefit to many, many people. You know, we use this movement for things like putting away groceries, uh, dishes, uh, anything on a high shelf, you know, getting up and down decorations from the attic when it's like Christmas time or Thanksgiving time. You know, imagine yourself trying to get, push up some heavy box. How great would that be that you could do that safely, right? That's basically the movement you're doing with an overhead press. How good would it be when you have to get something down and you know how to basically help yourself control that heavier weight down towards your body? 
that is the lowering part of an overhead press. Being able to do that movement without shoulder impingement is a huge thing. And But the chances of someone having hurting themselves is high if they don't currently have whatever postural issues corrected. So if you have a forward, like forward rounded shoulder or um, you already have current issues in like your neck and in your shoulder shoulders, you wanna make sure that you get those issues corrected before you go and do practice this movement over and over. So, you know, this movement again can be extremely difficult. So definitely wanna practice just doing it like body weight, practice the mastering the movement first. Um, Again, I'd recommend working with a professional with this one. Make sure you have proper range of motion and the ability to maintain your shoulders down and back in a good position before doing a bunch of reps of it and making the situation worse if you do have a, an issue. Um, always, again, slow and controlled. Um, you, can, you can do this movement with light resistance bands at first and then gradually increase to um, a load that you can control. And again, always quality over quantity and some you know variations would be just doing the movement with your hands practicing having that range of motion and keeping your shoulders down and back um, you can add a light resistance band um, you can do dumbbell with just like a single arm at first and then dumbbell with both arms um, you can do this with a kettlebell and a barbell so that is my top five uh, movements for optimal results that I'd recommend. And so again, we're gonna go back to number one is a squatting movement. Number two is a hip hinging movement. Number three is a rowing movement. Number four is a dead bug slash bird dog. And number five is an overhead press. And to give you guys some ideas of how you can kind of create your own little workout routine with this is, you know, there's five movements, so maybe you can do all five movements, maybe three sets of six to 12 reps, you know, starting out there. Or if that's a little too much, maybe just pick two movements to do one day and then do the other three movements another day. And again, this isn't necessarily so that you can create like a whole full body workout program for yourself, even though you kind of do hit full body with all these things. It's more so so that you can really practice some big movements that are going to give you benefit in anything else you try and do. So any of the little accessory movements that you maybe want to do to maybe get more of an aesthetic look in a certain body part that's tough for you to grow. If you practice getting really good at these movements, then you're going to set your body up. You're going to have a very solid structure. So that way when you go to build upon everything else with like more accessory stuff, you're not going to have to run into not knowing how to do the movement pattern or having um, a potential injury. The biggest thing that I think sets a lot of people back from getting results is they hyper focus on basically the little things that they might see a professional doing, like a bodybuilder who's already built a very solid, strong foundation. And then they're just a beginner. They don't really have a solid uh, connection to their core. They don't have like a really solid movement pattern with their lower body or their upper body. And so they're doing all these like more advanced movements or more accessory movements. And then they're finding that they're not getting the results that they want. And they're also creating poor movement patterns that create pain that then now they have to go to a, a PT or a chiropractor or something to try and fix. And we, we have to understand is that 
we are every day that we're choosing to do certain movements or certain exercises it's just building upon a more uh, solid structure for the future and so all these things you know you might not get the best results you know in the first week two weeks but everything you choose to do to build a solid foundation is going to benefit you greatly so to me these five movements are they're not what I would say everyone only needs but if you're feeling overwhelmed with all the options out there I highly recommend you just start here and you could see some amazing results and if you don't feel confident in knowing how to execute these movements by yourself contact a trainer close to you I do um, do assessments with people so if you know that you're close to me and you want to work with me please feel free to reach out I'd love to work with you and just help you make sure that you know how to execute these movements properly but it really doesn't have to be that complicated guys so I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any questions or comments please feel free to reach out to me again I'm at Haley.Rianne on Instagram so you can just shoot me a DM or you can also email me at HaleyRianneFitness at gmail.com and Haley is spelled H-A-L-E-Y and Rianne is spelled R-I-A-N-N-E. Hope you guys have an amazing day and I'll talk to you later.